Section 73 of Canada, South America, Central America, Mexico, and the West Indies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sonia. The World Story, Volume 11. Canada, South America, Central America, Mexico, and the West Indies. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 73. The Asphalt Lake of Trinidad. 20th Century by Lyndon Bates, Jr. A long run in the automobile brings us to the celebrated Asphalt Lake. The straggling village at its edge is an extraordinary spectacle. Not a house but is twisted out of plumb. The land is the source of never-ending litigation, because the slowly shifting currents of the pitch bottom in a few years move yards and gardens on to other men's property, distort boundaries into every possible shape, carry landmarks a hundred yards away. Some natives are doing a little desultory digging here before the territory of the asphalt company begins. A green bamboo across the road marks its boundary. Their shiftlessness ends and system begins. Well-built, mosquito-proof barracks for the workmen, with shower baths and clothes racks, graze the bare hill. A long pier extends far out to sea, and the houses of the officers are built over piles alongside, swept by every breeze. On a cable way to the ship, waiting off the pier end, goes a slow line of big steel buckets, and negroes stand sending the asphalt contents down a chute into the hold. The manager of the lake, Mr. Proctor, clad in khaki and riding gaiters, welcomes us with strange drinks and Cuban cigars on his swaying house above the waters of the Gulf of Paria. We lunch with him and his engineers. After a chat, we follow back the half-mile-long cable way to the lake. The abomination of desolation is this lake. In spots, a palm killed by the asphalt droops disconsolately. A few tufts of grass have secured a footing in places. But for the rest, it is a solid mass of black, dull, evil-smelling pitch, with pools of water here and there in which swim little parboiled fishes. Against any of the hot spots in the world, bar none, this can be backed. The tropic sun beats down. The black asphalt reflects it back like the entrance of a furnace. One's feet are unbearably hot through the heavy leather, and one sinks if he stands still for a moment. A hundred and fifty degrees have been recorded on the lake. A wicked-looking black snake, six feet long, glides into the bushes near the margin of the lake. It has been sunning itself on the asphalt. No wonder the serpents are supposed to be creatures of the devil. As for ourselves, fifteen minutes' stay takes away every bit of vitality we can summon. Not enough interest is left in life to inquire what the negroes hewing with mattocks at the asphalt receive in wages. They earn the pay, whatever it is. There is no mechanical way yet discovered by which the stuff can be dug. Hour after hour, these negroes hack out, with a few blows of the mattock, the brittle pitch which flakes away in pieces a foot square. They lift the burden to their heads and dump it into steel buckets, which start their slow way to the ship. The holes fill up in a few days with new pitch. The lake is ninety to one hundred acres in extent now, says Mr. Proctor, but it is gradually shrinking with the removal of such large quantities. A good percentage of the asphalt pavement in the world comes from this one lake and its geological complement in Venezuela. We leased it under a 47-year contract with the Trinidad government, to which nearly $250,000 a year has been paid in royalties. Such mining is the nearest thing there is to digging money out of the ground. Yes. But your asphalt trust is welcome to it, says Mr. Jefferson. If I had a thousand a day to dig pitch, I would not take it. 
End of section 73. This recording is in the public domain.